All righty. Welcome in. Welcome in. Happy Sunday, everybody. Gentlemen's Happy podcast. Sunday. It's been a great week. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like it was stressful at the beginning, and then we got to the weekend, and I have I have not been happier. So yep. it's been a crazy week. So agreed. Uh, this week how needed to end very Anything quickly. crazy happen for you guys this, this week? I've been stuck at home with COVID, bro. That's it. Man, that was me the last time. Well, it sounds like you're feeling better. <laughs> oh, yeah, significantly. I mean, we talked. Um, when it was first starting, I feel like I sounded like I was definitely on the verge of death <laughs> for a few days there. Um, but I'm feeling great, you know, just waiting for a negative test result so I can get back to life. Welcome back, man. Welcome back. It was not fun. I know I said this the last time, but... Whatever this new variant is, it put me down. I feel like I got hit by a dump truck. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst headache I've ever had. I couldn't get warm. It was just a nightmare. So glad to, glad to have you back. Aaron, Alex, uh, how was your week? Uh, still a COVID virgin. So nice. loving that. In, Sounds... in spite of living in, uh, uh, you know, the Epicenter. like patient zero of states. Um, yeah, no, all good. And uh, otherwise, I just worked a bunch on my house and uh, went to work and did my thing. Nice. What are you working on? Projects? Uh, what you got? Projects in my guest room. Built a bed oh, yeah. frame. Moved a bunch of stuff into my garage. Basically moved clutter from one room to another room. <laughs> <laughs> That's just life, yeah, right? You yeah. just keep moving things That's, into other rooms and closets. I feel like I'm mentally doing that as well as now <laughs> physically doing that. So like my reality is now my like you know subconscious. Love it. That's amazing. <laughs> Best of luck, Alex. Uh, how was your week, man? It was very exciting. Uh, got back from uh, Havasu weekend last weekend, oh, yeah. so it was like uh, hitting a brick wall of work on Monday. Uh, <laughs> like 10 a.m., there was like no mercy at all, and it did not relent this week. That uh, was your first time uh, at Lake Pleasant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First time <laughs> out experience? there. experience? Uh, yeah, overall, it was a blast. I never really understood the whole like lake people thing before. Now I think I do. Yeah, cool. dude. There's a lot of stuff going on. I, you know, maybe not the biggest fan of uh, the typical attendees uh, of the venue, but you know, <laughs> hey, it was a blast. I got to explore some new places and see some new people and lots of flags I disagreed with, and it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good time at the lake, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Sounds like you guys had a good time. Yeah, it was awesome. Awesome. Well, I know we've got a, a jam-packed session for everybody today, so excited to kind of hop in on some of the uh, some of the topics here. First one, I know we always kind of start off with F1, and we're in the summer break. We've still got a few more weeks. I'm real sad. I feel like I don't have anything to do on Sundays, although football just started up. So even though it's preseason and it's fake and you've got all of the people who might not even be on the team playing, I've at least got some football. 17 to 7, that's all i got to say. I don't know what that means. What is, what is 17 to 7? the Cowgirls. Nobody cares. That's why I didn't know, because nobody pays attention to the Broncos. Uh, Anyways, moving on, before everybody in Denver yells at me. Um, <laughs> I know that we want to chat about F1, so got some exciting drama occurring. Daniel Ricciardo, uh, not really sure of his future in F1. And we had some controversy when it came to Alpine announcing they had Oscar Piastri. Piastri? Piastri. Uh, that was going to be driving for him. He woke up that next morning and said, hey, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm not driving for Alpine. And uh, then proceeded about 12 hours later to say that he was going to be driving for McLaren, which now uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Daniel Ricardo. And then a day later, Daniel Ricardo came out and stated, hey, if you want to get rid of me, you are not going to pay me $21, $23 million, something some crazy million. number. Yeah. Yeah, so million. would love to kind of get your guys' thoughts over the last week. Drama, 
what what's the future look like for Daniel Ricardo? Excited for Piastri? What are you guys' thoughts on on what happened? I think it's super crazy. I don't understand how Alpine marketing is still employed currently, uh, given their reaction times to some of this drama and the fact that they haven't updated things uh, throughout all of it. Uh, I think uh, Omar, uh, the what's his last name? Zaf Zavanavanavana. Whatever. I, yeah, I'm not even yeah. gonna try it. This is a Navanavanavana. That guy, uh, or Otmar, sorry, not Omar, Otmar, Otmar Zavanavana. Uh, he definitely was not handling the driver program shenanigan well either, uh, and just sounding like a whiny, petulant child uh, at Oscar, even looking at making more money at a much cooler team. Uh, so, you know, I think that's a little iffy. Uh, I'm very curious to see what happens with Daniel, because to me, the only like weird outcome there would be Daniel back in the Renault, which would be <laughs> really weird. I feel Does like that's really bound to happen. Go back? I feel like that's bound to happen. It's got to be it, right? Yeah. It's got to be Danny Rick back in a Renault, but like it could be okay because it's not technically Renault anymore. You know, he's like, oh, I'm joining Alpine. And it's like, dude, it's the same car. We all know. Same team, bud. <laughs> could you see him go to a team a little bit further down the pack and still just be in F1, but give them some veteran status to maybe help out a younger driver? Why and not? not necessarily a younger driver. Here's my thought process, right? You've got... Pierre Gasly, Pierre Gasly, and you've got Pierre Yuki, Gasly. who, uh, I man, I love Yuki, but for whatever reason, he can't f- keep it on the track. He, he just can't figure it out. So if I think Yuki Danny comes Rick... back next year, who knows? But Daniel Ricardo and Pierre Gasly at, at AlphaTauri, I think would be an awesome combination. Highly unlikely, but he burned his be bridge in... at Red Bull. It would give me a reason to, to root for him. For sure. It'd be cool. I feel like a, another cool pairing, and I don't think that this is likely to happen by any stretch, but I feel like Valtteri Botas and Danny Rick would be a cool driver lineup. I feel like they'd be a great team. Two I think dudes there constantly would be a helping lot of... each other stay in first. It's great. No, I think it would be two dudes <laughs> competing for what, who's number one driver in that spot because both of them would feel like they deserve to be a number one driver at any team that they would have. It would make for some good entertainment, at least. So, I just don't see Mr. Flip and Roll. You yeah, could but from a argument, team in the league. You could make the argument right now that Joe Guanyu is driving better than Valtteri Botas. Botas started really strong, but over the last four to five races, outside of some of the vehicle issues... And cars breaking down. Also, they got to figure that out. But I think that's the whole other story with Ferrari engines. But I'm not even going to get into that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually think Joe is driving better than Valtteri, to be completely honest. I think so, too. More consistently, for sure. I don't. Yep. He's just consistently passing. He's making good decisions. He's fighting for points. Valtteri's found himself further down the the pack more than he probably should. He's number nine overall. As I said, he started really strong. Yeah, but Joe Killing is it. number... Where is he at on this list? 17. Like, As I said, Botas started really strong, but if you could maybe pull up the metrics of the last five races, I think. Yeah, race by a race. very finishes. different story. Yeah, let's but look at anyways, quality results and finishing of the last five races. I know we're in mid-season. Still got about two weeks left to break. Red Bull out in front both from the driver's perspective and from the constructor series. Ferrari, I know we chatted about that last week, running into some issues with strategy. They really, they've really they only got nine races left to figure it out. Mercedes, 
pulling themselves back up to the top, finding these podiums, taking it to a possible situation where they find a second place constructors. Um, what are our midseason predictions? What are we thinking for the top three? Even that, more than that, top five. Where do we think top five is? Um, I didn't plan for top five, but <laughs> uh, top three, I think it's going to be a mix of Max, Checo, and Chucky Boy. Um, there's reasonings for it. I spent some time just digging into like metrics and statistics and how they've actually been going throughout the year. Um, I think Max comes out on top easily this season, especially with Ferrari being as reluctant as they are to actually make an intelligent decision and change the strategy. Um, but I think second and third, it's either going to be Leclerc or Perez. Um, I think that's where the real, real battle is going to be in the second half of the season. That's a bold statement. You think uh, Perez is going to pass Leclerc by the end of the year? There's and five points difference between the two of them right now. There's been quite a few DNFs. Happen. So you think Ferrari stays on the same track and Perez passes? Yeah, dude. 100%. Absolutely. Even if even if Ferrari uh, keeps up, they're not going to have the pit speed that Red Bull has, uh, and their strategy is proven far more consistent than Ferrari's trash slash yeah. non-existent strategy. Take take Leclerc out of the equation for a second, and I think your top three is Max, Checo, and Georgie Boy. Currently, that's where I think our top three is. If Ferrari's out of the equation entirely. Uh, which could easily happen with the way that their season's going. I, I put signs, I think, over Georgie. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Why, though? By, by a the... very slim margin. But I think signs has had more consistent, higher result finishes than Georgie Boy has. Granted, I know he's had a few DNFs, but... They are neck and neck in the points right now. It's only two-point difference. I definitely see Ferrari, d- despite their... Their DNFs and their terrible strategy, I see them performing at a faster speed than Mercedes towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. for sure. So I could see signs catching up over George pretty easily. Let me see if I can just pull That's interesting. There you go. Are you just stealing our Oh, there we here? go. There there we okay. Go. Makes it a little bit easier for us to Thank you, bud. show what we're talking about. Um, this right here, I think, is the only really big unknown right now i'm, I'm calling dude, it right I now saying it. i hate saying it but dude i'm calling it when he gets he back from so africa <laughs> he's in africa right now dude and he's like doing a crazy self-discovery deep journey mm-hmm. with his boys on this three-week break i'm calling it when the boy comes dude. back he's going to be ruthless can we yes. talk about this for a second and I, and then i want to get back to this because i think it's really important but he posted a video of him probably three feet away from this massive gorilla just hanging out, watching him eat, turned his back to it, no issues, as if, like, it's just a totally normal thing to do on a Sunday. And I was kind of freaked out, but apparently that's just <laughs> something that they do out there. I thought it was Wild. cool, but, man, I was, like, nervous watching that video. Same, dude. Same. Is he the guy that posted Crazy. the hippo fights, too, in Africa? Yeah. <laughs> can't remember who that, it was i saw some video sound like a lewis hamilton <laughs> no, i was like right outside the super fancy resort in africa and these two hippos just went at it destroying yeah, each no. other all right never mind then that doesn't ring a bell um, okay i'm glad i'm not the only one that saw that because yeah. that was 
props to him. I'm glad he's uh, he's doing his thing and relaxing and getting the getting the head back on straight. I mean, the thing you got to consider is the guys with the the automatic weapons are just outside of frame. So Lewis <laughs> looks like a badass, but uh, <laughs> point. really, that gorilla point. knows what's up. <laughs> he's definitely <laughs> strapped with security for sure. That is a very good point. Um, all right, well, so uh, we got some bold takes. I honestly think, I mean, Max is running away with it. He could literally take a vacation for the next two months, and he would still be in first. Mm-hmm. Literally couldn't race, and he would still be fine. So uh, unless something drastic occurs with the Red Bull vehicle itself, again, I, I think I saw something like Max, when he has doesn't have a, a car issue or he doesn't have some looming penalty, he's always podiumed if the car is working well, which is just something crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely see him kind of taking that. Uh, Leclerc, I feel like the Ferraris are going to figure it out. It's going to be Leclerc and Sainz. They've had three weeks to watch back all of the travesties that have occurred. I think they've got a lot to prove to the Ferrari fans. They've got a lot to prove with this, this group that they have. They're wasting talent currently, mm-hmm. and they need to figure it out. So I very easily see them getting back on track, figuring out their engine issues, fig- talking through strategy on what are the best-case scenarios, situations that we could occur, what is truly A, B, C, D, E offer. Uh, I feel I feel like la- at some point we heard there was like a, a G mapping. I feel like I don't even know why you have that many strategies, but I could very easily just see this by the end of the year being Verstappen, Leclerc, uh, Sainz, and then Sergio, Russell, Hamilton. I am going to make the bold prediction that George is going to continue to stay ahead of Lewis, but man, I would just love to see them keep kind of battling it out for the rest of the year. My shock is coming from you saying that Sainz is going to jump Checo by the end Mm -hmm. of the year. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. That's not happening, dude. Yeah, I I mean, again, that's bold, bold, but... That's Here's bold. the thing. Signs is always pretty far out ahead of Perez until you get into some pit strategy, tire scenarios, or cars going down. It is Max. So I just want to be very clear. Anytime I've been watching these races, it's Max and Leclerc battling it out. Yeah. Signs is like two and a half, three seconds behind. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like the rest of the pack down the road, 10 seconds away. So, I, I mean... I can see very easily see Hamilton and George start taking it to Perez a little bit more. He's not keeping up with Max. I would love for him to be up there, but I think there's nine races where these three weeks, we're going to see these teams that have had a lot of momentum, figure it out, pick up the speed. There's a lot of points to make up, but man, we've got some fast cars coming behind Perez. Unless he figures something out, he's, I think he's he's the one that might be in trouble, at least from my, from my lens. We'll see what happens. I just, man... Yeah. Maybe. I, I mean, don't... I'm a Red Bull fan, too, so <laughs> I would love to see Checo up there. I – look, Lewis Hamilton's a great driver. He also is a part owner of my favorite NFL team, so I have to root for him at least a little bit now. Oh! But oh I forgot about that. Oh! That. You're, did you just publicly say you're a Hamilton fan I now, have bro? to be. He's, bro, <laughs> oh, I'm a Broncos shit. fan. He is a Bronco. Oh. <laughs> By osmosis, he is a Bronco. <laughs> Welcome well, we to know the what, anti-Massey fan club, bro. We, we know what to add one to the board. I still, I still, I still prefer Mr. Verstappen, my friend. So <laughs> last year, I'm good with it. 
I'm good with that. You're a country. You're a walking contradiction, <laughs> yes, Mr. Reckling. That's crazy. <laughs> Alex is gonna send you so much Mercedes gear for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, show! You are getting decked out, boy. Hey, I, man, uh, I mean, Alex, you're kind of in the same position, to be honest. So you've got a scenario at some point coming in 2026 where you've got to make the decision if you want to wear Porsche F1 gear. You're also mm. gonna have some Red Bull attire attached to it. Mm. So I know. I know. I'm, I know that I'm going to eat my words. I'm, I'm like, I just know that Gibby got there first, so I get hey, to make fun of him first true. for you it. And, and then eventually, as soon as I start wearing Porsche uh, Max Verstappen gear, uh, you know, listen, then you can make fun of me all you want. The day that you wear a Max Verstappen hat or shirt, the pigs are flying, the world, something's going wrong, man. As, as long as, listen, as long as Porsche... crashed. Yeah, as long as Porsche has any other driver besides Max Verstappen, that will be the gear I will be wearing. Um, all right, so any last-minute predictions coming out of uh, midseason? Anything else we want to chat about, F1? So I actually watched an interesting video yesterday on the drive about the side pod uh, issues uh, on the cars. You guys familiar with this drama that's going no, on? No, I didn't see any of that. It's pretty interesting. I, I actually never really paid a close enough attention to the side pod differences from the different teams' cars designed. Um, and so they did an overview of everyone's. And most teams on the grid are rocking a very similar side pod design, with the exception of Mercedes, actually. Mercedes designed their side pods almost totally flush to the vehicle. There's like hardly any uh, extra space in there versus like the Ferrari side pod design that's super wide and has that bowl in the middle, that swooping bowl design. And then you have like the Red Bull design, which is wide like the Ferrari, but doesn't have the bowl design in there. But Mercedes being the only one that doesn't have that wide of a side pod thing, apparently the discussion has been like, maybe that's the disadvantage that they've had. But apparently they've also had discussions with the Mercedes aerodynamics engineering team saying that it's not the side pod that they're having trouble wrapping their minds around from a performance perspective. It's actually the floor design underneath the side pods. It's pretty interesting. I'd never like really paid close attention to it, but now it's making me question a lot like what tracks Mercedes has have done well on versus the ones they haven't. And I think that actually does have something to do with the side pods, but probably. That's really interesting. I haven't heard much of that. I mean, I know throughout the first half, at least most of the first half of what we've seen so far has been porpoising issues. And that stemmed from the way that their floor was designed and they couldn't get their car any lower without experiencing extreme bouncing. Honestly, I don't know how Ferrari got away with it because they had the same situation. But for whatever reason, when they stamped on the brakes... It stopped, and the car was totally fine, and they were able to get it horizontal and get it through the apex appropriately. But Mercedes was completely different. They hit the brakes. The porpoising continued. They couldn't slow down appropriately. But Ferrari got away with it for, like, a good 12 races, and it was kind of interesting to me. But, yeah, that's the first I've heard of that. I'm going to actually get probably go check that out a little bit later. I've heard nothing about side pods. Yeah. Yeah, hold on. I'm actually going to pull it up right here for you guys if I can get it going. But, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, the differences were pretty substantial. Um, or here, actually, uh, someone have a web browser share? Can you uh, pull this up? I don't have my permission set up, but yeah, send it to It's in the chat. Yeah, pull it up. Aaron, I've got to ask while we're at while we got you here. The hat, man. What's the what's the story behind the hat? The hat? Oh yeah, I don't know much about it. Well, one. Okay, before I get into this. Okay. I, 
don't watch much Marvel, don't watch much DC, so, like, the whole superhero movie genre, mm-hmm. I'm not super familiar with. But I feel like there's a story behind, like, the retro arcade design behind this. So this is just, like, some old-looking um, comic book art that uh, Taika Waititi used in the new Thor movie. And uh, you probably know that Thor got fat at one point. So he he does like a montage, like a workout montage, and he wears his hat because it's got all the Avengers names on it. And he crosses them all out and says that he's the mightiest Avenger because that's that's the Thor thing (laughs) is, you know, a little bit of a little bit of ego and a little bit of self-deprecation at the same time. It it just makes it all go down easy. (laughs) That is incredible. But that's that's the uh, the montage workout is him wearing this hat. Nice. Good to know. Mm. All right. What do we got here? Check this out. So the Mercedes side pod is shown right below the Ferrari difference. And you can see how Ferrari has that big inlet bowl cut out on that side pod where the uh, air intake or outtake. Sorry, that's that's out like exhaust, isn't it? On the side mm-hmm. there. Is that? Yeah. So but to me, that means that allows a lot more air inside that cavity because they, they I'm sure they don't have anything filled there. Right. That's just, I think, air inside that area. Versus the Mercedes design that's super tight to the components within the vehicle. And you get a lot more of the exposed floorboard below. Uh, To me, that means that they're not getting as much balance. And I think that Ferrari might be getting a better balance on their vehicle uh, side to side from that air being in those side pods. That's interesting. (laughs) I mean, just looking at the picture, you can almost make the assumption that the Ferrari gets better downforce. From its aero package, just looking at it. But again, I'm not an engineer. I don't know much of like the intricacies behind why they make some of their decisions. But I mean, just being a casual fan, looking at it from the top down, I would make the assumption that the Ferrari is going to be closer to the ground solely from just air and the way that they designed that side pod. So that's a really interesting take. Which makes sense that they had less of a porpoising issue, right? Especially in turns. I would think especially in lateral moves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which is what we're seeing, right? Ferrari is actually, uh, if you look at their previous performance, they've always been fast in a straight line. Mm-hmm. But this year, they're much faster and closer to Red Bull in the, in the corners than they have been previously. They're actually faster in the corners. I was watching a side-by-side the other day, which was a really like interesting channel. And mm-hmm. this guy slows down the side-by-side uh, first-person view of Max and Charles. And it also, he dives a little bit deeper into the analytics behind when they're on the brake and when they're on the acceleration. And the Red Bull is exponentially faster than the Ferrari on the straightaways. And in the corners, Charles is significantly further ahead, but Max gets on the gas much faster than Charles. But the Ferrari keeps the speed further out of the apex. So even though he's getting on the gas further, partially down the road he's technically driving faster than verstappen but because the red bull is so much stronger in torque and downforce in the straightaway he ends up catching leclerc through the straightaway and by the end max is already ahead of him again so it's just it was a really interesting take but like significant margin differences between what those cars are doing and where they're getting on the brake and where they're getting on the gas but the like i cannot i cannot emphasize how much difference the Ferrari has in the corner is like light years difference, but somehow they make it back up on the straightaway. So it was just a really cool take. I'll, I'll try to find it and send it over to you guys at some point. Nice. Yeah. That's Sweet. Super interesting. Yeah. Please do. Yeah. Um, awesome. 
Well, I know that we uh, we also kind of wanted to shift away from F1 for a second. Um, I know everybody got a chance to watch. Well, I'm a huge UFC fan, so I watch it anyways every Saturday. But I think through social media and different people kind of sending some things around, we saw a really awesome – I don't want to say awesome. We saw an incredible take on mental health in a speech by Patty Pimblett, who's a UFC fighter in London. He – won his fight and then at the end took a few minutes to just really talk about something that happened with his friend. His friend committed suicide and it happened like a day before the fight was going to happen. So I know you guys got a chance to watch the speech. would love to maybe hear your guys' thoughts on just mental health in general and how did that impact you, what he was able to do. Because I think that was the first time that I've really heard a, a superstar, a celebrity talk about that topic on such a stage. So would love to maybe get your guys' thoughts on on how that impacted you guys. You, yeah. You, you pretty much nailed it, Justin. This is kind of like, a, I mean, as far as like MMA guys are seen as the tough guys of the sports world, uh, to be this vulnerable is, is a big deal. Uh, and especially when generations of people look up to those superstars, those sort of athletic heroes, that really means a lot to people. And... Uh, I, I think has a lot to do with like bringing uh, awareness and community and uh, hopefully, hopefully destigmatizing these sorts of things that are very normal. Hundred yeah. percent, man. Um, I mean, I think it it hits home for me a little bit more than um, I think. I mean, I won't speak for anyone else, but it hits home for me pretty significantly. Um, there was a lot a fairly long period of time in my twenties where I did struggle with, you know, intrusive thoughts and I battled not understanding why I felt the way that I felt and who I was. And there was a lot of times in those years where like, I didn't tell anybody, I didn't talk to anybody about it because for the longest time, like you said, Aaron, like there's such a big stigma around it that like, dude's just gotta be strong. Mm -hmm. Gotta like, you gotta be big. You gotta be tough. You gotta be strong. Um, and that was, I, I looked at it and saw it that way myself. So I didn't, I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. And um, I mean, Bobo was witness to this. I was a, I was a wreck in a, in my early twenties. I was, I was a messed up dude. I went through a whole lot of craziness. And having somebody like Patty come out and just be like, "We need, we need guys to start talking," like that just it immediately hit home for me like it's a big deal and i'm super super thankful to that guy because it does make it a little bit easier like i mean just since the speech i've had multiple conversations with different people about like you know thank you for recognizing that this is something that i was going through in my life um and thank you for being a part of it and still being around um getting me through some dark stuff and i'm glad to be here so (laughs) we're glad (laughs) that you're here man yes sir Bless up, 100%. I thought it was really great, too, that it, it touches on the topic not only of the stigma from, like, external society of, like, expectations for being a man and, like, what that means, but also the the struggle for having dudes communicate with other dudes, right? Like, that, that barrier shouldn't really exist, but I think naturally as we start moving through our careers and jobs and whatever. And we all have our own goals for what we want to achieve in life. I think that naturally lends itself to us comparing ourselves to other people. And also it leads to like a, an 
unconscious competitive mindset that happens between dudes right it's like i feel like every time i meet up with new dudes that i knew meet there it's like one of the first topics is like oh where do you live what do you drive you know what do you do what's your title what's your whatever and it's i think it's that competitive type of mindset that causes these barriers to come up between guys and like mm-hmm. not want to talk about the struggles that we have is it's like oh shit if this guy is achieving more than i'm achieving how am i supposed to tell him or talk to him about the struggles that i'm going through or what i'm feeling you know what i mean like that's such a difficult barrier to overcome so mm-hmm. i was really glad that he spoke about it i think you hit on it and i struggle with this myself um just the communication piece of it alone i think there's a lot of topics at least for guys that have been almost like off limits like if you're going through something if you're struggling with something just tough it out figure it out we're men be a man i know there's the be meme man. going around right now be a man, be a man. Right? Like we all laugh be at boston it, be a man there's there's more to it than that right like those words actually mean something like just just be a man just do it just figure it out go have a beer rub it off and everything will be fine. Like that's not, that's not really true. I mean, it's been that way for a long time, but people struggle with real issues and they feel like they don't have an outlet to talk about it. Not only within their own friend group, but just in general, like if if a man, and I wasn't going to bring this up, but I feel like this is going around right now. And it's a perfect opposite to the exact conversation that we're having, right? Like this whole Andrew Tate situation with toxic masculinity and I'm not going to go down the whole like path of the things that I think about what he said in the past, but these words do matter. And when you're having these competing opinions around as a guy, here's how you should feel. Here's how you should talk about things. Here's how you should perceive the world. Here's how you should perceive these, these big topics. You, you run into scenarios where people are conflicted and they don't, it's, it's not that they don't know how to talk about it. They just feel like they shouldn't talk about it at all. And then you run into these scenarios where Patty's friend, didn't even feel like he could reach out to him so he's not here anymore and i i think he summed it up perfectly right like i'd rather i'd rather someone reach out and just i'll be here just cry on my shoulder and let's talk about it and let's figure it out then hear from a friend in the morning that something happened and now i never even get to have that conversation with you ever again so the communication of piece of it is i think really big just having open platforms and being willing to talk about it and just understanding that people are out there to help you through situations. And there's a lot of programs available to help you through situations. I I think we're at that point in 2022 where it needs to be a common conversation. We shouldn't just have to talk about titles and money. We should be able to talk about things that we struggled with and, and things we are struggling with currently. Currently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think therapy is a big piece too, right? Like we just talked about how difficult it is for guys to talk to other guys and like relate to them. Therapy is the perfect outlet that is an uh, unbiased third party view that's going to help you talk through those types of situations that there still is a stigma over. And like I've done therapy and love therapy and I think everyone should do therapy. Even if you feel like your life is perfect and nothing could be better, you should still go to therapy because you will find things that could be better and that you can be working on that you didn't even realize. Um, So that is like a perfect avenue to kind of sidestep that issue if that Mm -hmm. is a concern. Yeah, man. Therapy is therapy is huge. I don't think that I would have made the significant changes in my life that I've made to combat, you know, having bipolar disorder and dealing with depression. Um, I don't think that I would have the tools necessary if I wasn't going to therapy. And 
I think that going to therapy is so big because like you were saying, it's an unbiased third party. You can literally tell them anything and choose to never see them again if you want to. Yep. 100%. You have that opportunity to just go there, pay your copay, vent, get it all out. They'll talk to you through it. Hopefully you'll decide to come back. But if that's all you needed, you can leave and never see that person again and never have to think of it ever again if that's what you need. I do want to add one piece of this because it is an unbiased opinion, but keep in mind that that person that you're talking to went to school for eight years and learned things that we will never know about around the human psyche and how certain behaviors and things that occur throughout your life impact decisions down the road. And just having that professional conversation where, again, unbiased, you come in, you could talk about anything. You're not going to say anything they haven't heard at some point. (laughs) And they can provide super valuable details that they've been trained to help you through and give you a ton of different outlets to try things and see what can get you through that next stage. I've been to therapy. Uh, Alex experienced this with me. I dealt with a lot of anxiety and uh, anxiety attacks, and it was not a fun experience to go through. I didn't really know how to tackle it myself. And they gave me some super incredible advice some things that I could do, some things that I can think through, but also kind of dove a little bit deeper into my past to better understand, like, why why was this even happening? Like, why, why did I get to where I'm at? And I think knowledge is power, and sometimes just knowing where things maybe stemmed from and working through some things that happened in the past. Because I'm the kind of guy that just, I think there's a perfect podcast that we're talking about this right now, because I, I push things down, I get it out, I don't talk about it, and I'm just going to deal with it. That's how I've been for a long time. But knowing that that's not the best solution, not only for myself, but the people around me not communicating appropriately impacts their lives as well. So um, would, to your guys' point, we very strongly recommend therapy. Even if everything is going great, go talk to somebody. You never know. You might uncover something like, oh, wow, yeah, I never even thought about that. Let's try something different in the future and see if that impacts my life. Mm-hmm. And if worst comes to worst, you had a, a conversation with someone who just wanted to get to meet you for a second. You paid 20 bucks and you move on with your life. Great. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that dudes do medically and mentally is the phrase, it is what it is. Oh, man. Uh, you know what I mean? Like oh, we, I say that's, that. That's all we do. Thousands I, of I, times a day. My back. Day. It is what it is. It yeah. is what it is. I'm stressed. It is what it is. Bills, Literally. it is what it is, right? I, but like, I, I've said it. I live alone, and I've said it today before we got on this, on this morning. <laughs> like, Every I think day. I stubbed my toe and was just like, well, fuck, is what it is. Uh, Unless it's broken or if I don't have like a massive (laughs) hole coming out of my body, I probably am not going to the doctor. (laughs) Exactly, right? But like that's the approach we take to mental health and that's messed up, dude. Like we need to be better than it is what it is because we can be making progress and changes that make it not what it is. Mm -hmm. It don't have to be like that. So that's it. It's funny that you bring that up. This is a real quick one before we can can kind of talk about something else if you guys want to, but – a couple weeks ago, I was thinking about the statement, it is what it is, um, because it comes up a lot at work about how that's like when something crappy happens at work or something like bad happens or I have to take on new responsibilities or I'm not getting a promotion or I'm not getting X, Y, and Z, whatever the situation may be, my response is like commonly known in the office as it is what it is. And one of my coworkers <laughs> walked up to me. And, that's, and I think that's great professionally. Yeah. To an extent, but <laughs> it's also like people can to see that as like negative. <laughs> anyway, like it can they, it can be it can be perceived as negativity because you're sitting there like oh well it is what it is you got to do it anyways, yeah. and 
she said something to me. Yeah. That like I, made the statement make a little bit more sense in a in like in the sense that like I should remove it from my vocabulary or at least start trying to. It, it the statement is it is what it is because if it wasn't it wouldn't be. <laughs> and it's like I, I, I she said I that, love that to me. That's perfect. <laughs> she said that to me and she's like and this is why you should stop saying it because everybody already knows it is what it is. So buck up and do something about it. And I was like, I wasn't complaining. <laughs> I was just saying it is what it is. <laughs> but having someone come forward and be like, this is what this is what it sounds like you're saying. It's like, oh, well, crap. That's not what I was. That's not what I was trying to say. I was just saying like, oh, it is what it is. I'll do it. And it's a perception. So thing. I think they're like, actually. So I did want to. Go ahead. It is what it I, is I want to bring... because you allow it to be. You know, it's right. like that's it's everyone's sort of tacit acceptance of the status quo. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I love that perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's like a there's a fine line. Like I'm actually I'm OK with the line and I totally agree with what you were what you were talking about. But there's a fine line. I will say some people need to like chill and mm-hmm. it really is what it is. Like, hey, yeah. it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. But there are some scenarios where maybe you identify like, hey, OK, this happened. I can't do anything about it. Like what is in my control? Is there something that I can change? Can I maybe learn from that thing or experience or behavior or whatever occurred project at work, whatever the case may be? Like, is there something that I can learn from that I can fix later down the road? Is it something that needs like immediate rectification right now? Or really is it like, it is what it is. I mean, it is what I can't do anything about it. I got to let it go. It happened. Now we got to find a solution moving forward. Mm-hmm. So I think there's like a fine line between that. Some people need to chill. Some people maybe need to pick it up a little bit too. Cause there are some <laughs> lazy people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I love that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think the interesting balance is uh, the difference being that we never really ask the further question of what can I, or is there something I can do to change it when it comes to our health? That's mm-hmm. what, like, that's the difference. Yep. We just, we just end it. The thought process at it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome to the uh, the the therapy quartet here. Um, (laughs) The end of that statement is if you got if you've got something going on that's bugging you, there is something you can do. It is not what it is. It is, (laughs) but it could be what it is (laughs) if you want it to be. New motto of the show. We are not not licensed professionals, no. but we will give you fabulous advice. Right. <laughs> All right. I don't know about you guys, but I know – so every week we try to try something new. Last week we made some mishaps with people getting different energy drinks, not being able to find stuff. Alex having his goat milk, goat fuel. We had uh, The Rock with the ZOA. I think all of us got the same product this time. We're going to compare the difference between – Trader Joe's off-brand products and normal products. And I, the two that I got were Oreos and Pringles chips. And I, I need to say something real quick because this was like a big issue. Not a big issue. Maybe it's just I haven't looked for it. But, okay, so this is the can of Pringles. I'm pretty sure I got the right one mm-hmm. from Trader Joe's. This took me 10 minutes to find, and I knew exactly what I was looking for. I was talking with some of you guys on the phone earlier, and it was in the most inopportune location possible. Trader in between Joe's the bread and the it. chips like transition, in the bottom corner, tucked away in this little box, and all the other chips are out there to like be on presentation, and then you've got these hanging out in this little cubby like next to the bread. And it took me forever to find them. So I just needed to comment on that. Hard. that. 
Another comment. Don't go to Trader Joe's on Sunday. No. It was the no. worst experience. Horrible it's so idea. packed. You can't park anywhere. Like, has somebody from their real estate business not figured out that these parking lots are not big enough for the customer base that they have? Yes, they actually – so I, I work with some people who used to work at Trader Joe's. The real estate team looks for places with small parking lots because – What? Because <laughs> – the property value is that much less for any type of le- like if you can't have customers in your space, the property is less. <laughs> so they come and swoop that up. That's partly why their prices are better is that they don't have to pay for a big old massive parking lot like you'd see at a whatever a Safeway or a Publix or a I don't know. Wow. I'm, I'm, I can't tell if that's genius or like an annoying. oversight of client experience. I, mean, I think it's genius because they let their product do the talking. I mean, they got me to go to Trader Joe's regardless, so obviously it's working. And, and at, <laughs> so, uh, at the I Trader Joe's I was at, again. they've got a valet. <laughs> they got a valet? A valet they got a valet Joe's. at my Trader Joe's. It, wow. It's in the bougie part of town. I live a half hour away from there. Gotta be. But yeah. That's, that's, yeah. A, that's a little extra for your boy. Um, so, Trader Joe's was an experience for your boy. It's, it's a <laughs> oh, that's story. your first time going, huh? Yes. <laughs> I don't fit in there. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I wear cowboy boots. I like to hunt fish. We couldn't tell from the American flag hanging behind you, Gibby. I love my country. Um, but I do not, I did not belong there. And I was just trying, I had the most awkward interaction with somebody when I was standing in line. By the way, I agree with Bobo. This took me like an hour to find by myself. I was gone for like at least two hours from my house. The, the thing I'll say about your experience is that you, if you had never been in a Trader Joe's before and you go to find the cookie or the snacks and you don't know that they're above the frozen items, I, I'll yeah. give you a pass on that one. Yep. Yeah, that's I mean, fair. As unless fair. you've been there before, I, I understand your struggles with tracking down some Oreos. Dumb. Yeah. It was dumb. Uh, JoJo's, my bad. They're not Oreos. JoJo's. All I have to say uh, I got, is um, right. that chivalry in Trader Joe's by me letting a girl go in front of me in line because they were calling like next people. I only had two things and she had a big cart full of stuff. I was like, why don't you go over there? Like I can wait for this person in front of us to wrap up. I've got two things. Doesn't mind. She got mad at me, bruh. For letting Yeah. For letting her go ahead of you? Yeah, she got mad and the people behind her got mad. And I was just like, I'm sure, just go. Like you have a big cart. I've got two things. It's fine. Not a big deal. And I turned around and she was like, whatever. And I'm sitting there like, <laughs> what the? F- what did I do wrong? All I did, all you? I did was wear Lame. cowboy How boots. How dare you? A cowboy boots, my cowboy Lame. boots, and a shirt that had an American flag on it was a bad idea. Apparently, uh, just don't ever wear yeah, that stuff to Trader to Joe's. You, but I don't, I don't want to go back. I there. could have told you that, my guy. I don't, I don't want to go back there. <laughs> I mean, I live in North Carolina, so everybody. I mean, you would fit right in, man. Nobody would care. <laughs> They've all got cowboy boots on and hats as well, so enjoy. Uh, the the folks working at uh, the Orlando Trader Joe's today, uh, they had a little themed day for the for the oh. staff. It was emo day, my friends. <laughs> what? I. <laughs> That's amazing. I was thrilled. <laughs> Absolutely That's thrilled incredible. at emo day. Were they playing like My Chemical, My Chemical Romance? Romance yes. In yeah. Yeah. As you walk through the door. Uh, everyone's Amazing. wearing black. I mean, everyone's like smiling, having a great old time. Like, ev- like, because everyone's like kind of like taking the piss out of it and just being <laughs> silly and is great. 
Uh, and then there's like a generation below that like did not experience the heyday of emo culture. <laughs> and they're kind of like, I don't get this. It's it's like if you saw Marilyn Manson walking around and you'd be like, I don't know. Why, <laughs> what is this? And then you have the generation above who's also just like, oh, I remember when my, my kid was like that. Oh, we're back to this. It was very fun for me. <laughs> I would have enjoyed every bit of that. It was great. Like that's just like reminiscing on middle school. Absolutely, yes. Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm, too, I'm, so. good yeah, on, yeah. I'm good on I'm good on all that. I remember <laughs> going to driving to marching band practice. Yes, I'm a nerd. Driving to marching band practice, and every morning I turn on the radio, and the Black Parade is blasting in the car. <laughs> Perfect timing <laughs> for like two months straight, and it was just like it's. It was my energy drink. Like, thank <laughs> you, Gerard. Great so music. Good. So all right. good. I'm ready to uh, eat some cookies and chips. Should I'll we, try uh, the regular first. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, regular first. Chips first. All right, you chips. guys, you guys go ahead. I know what they taste like. All right, okay. <laughs> okay. We're doing a comparison episode, and you forgot the to bring the comparison. The Pringle first. I All right, here didn't we go. know. Yep, there it is. Pringle tastes like. It a tastes Pringle. like childhood. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tastes like a pool party for a ten-year-old. Exactly. You know the little <laughs> snack packs they had. Ten. Yeah, dude. I still get those. I was actually, yeah. I was looking for the snack packs because I didn't want to have two entire cans of saddle-shaped chips, but uh, here I am. Okay. Oh well, I'm doing the. Uh, You're the gonna comparison. be gone tomorrow. I, I don't remember original Pringles. I, this sounds silly. I don't remember it being so dry. Like me either. My mouth is like watering, trying to like get some some liquid. Hmm. Okay, I'm going in for the uh, Trader Joe's chip here. Yep. Here we go. Oh, Trader Joe's slaps so much harder immediately. It's got it's got like a little something extra on the front. It's like more. Mm. It's saltier. Saltier, buttier, buttery, or I don't know. It's a little bit yeah. more savory, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's also like lighter. It's a little bit fluffier of a chip. Mm-hmm. The other Less just dry. the original oh. Pringles was like. I'm gonna destroy this in comparison. Whole thing. <laughs> like a rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's Trader like Joe's a... wins easily. It tastes more like a potato. Like, you're actually yeah. eating a real potato. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't taste like you're eating some, like, genetically grown mutated saddle chip that was mm. molded to a, mm-hmm. like, silicone mold or something. That is far saltier, though. Wow, my goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My tongue is... It's got less salt! By a lot! Huh. 150 no milligrams in the original compared to 95. Wait. Same serving size? 11 um, chips, dude. Serving mm-hmm. size... Mm-mm. 15 15 compared to 11. Yeah, got it. Yeah. So, not less. <laughs> okay, first Gotta be more. I don't eat chips that much, but I feel like if I was a chip person, 11 chips is not one serving. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm crushing like half of this can. Yeah. At least 30. I mean, that's I, we're about to get this to the Oreos. This can will be lucky like, if it's not in the trash can by the end of the night. Or, <laughs> what if Oreos, the serving exactly. size of the Oreos? It, it sh- <laughs> well, it's not what it is. It's what it should be, and it should be in the, <laughs> the entire row. Half, half a sleeve. You do a half a yeah, sleeve of one serving size. Okay. Also, can we talk about something real quick before we do this? Yeah, these are the how blackest is cookies or, how... on the planet. Well, we'll get to that in a second. I agree. Because <laughs> they are much darker than original Arroyas. How did they figure out how to make this non-dairy vegan cookie? How is an Oreo non-dairy? Like, what is... I actually don't want to know what's in this cream. Lard. Props to them for figuring it out. Pretty sure it's lard. All right, here we go. Original Oreo going down the hatch. Xanthan gum, baking soda, vanilla beans, vanilla flour, 
or vanilla flavor, sorry. Ammonium bicarbonate and soy. It's so like soy extracts soy? and stuff. Yeah, bitch. What's wrong with soy? Welcome to 2022. Grow up. <laughs> He's okay. I'm pretty sure Gibby is still the only person here that drinks actual milk. Yes, sir. I will go get a full glass yeah. right now. Oh, oh gross, gross, dude. Gross. Oh. <laughs> I will say, I will say, bro. I will say, big T, big T on it. It is lactose free. All right. Okay, I'm going to have to add a qualifier to my Oreo because I did get double stuff, so I can't make okay. any comment on cream, cream significance difference. Okay. I feel like this is going to need milk. <laughs> I should have got I should have got a glass of milk. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. Oh! Yo, JoJo's. JoJo's oh. has like a... I want to say it's like a vanilla aftertaste. And the cookie is more like a cookie and less like a cracker. Yeah. The cookie is thinner yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it has like more cookie flavor. Yeah, it's a little softer. Much stronger vanilla cream. Okay. Mm. I'm gonna, this money. is going to be a bad take. Maybe not a bad take, depending on some people. I actually like original Oreos way better than these JoJo's. Oh, really? Maybe it's just because it's like I've had them so much mm-hmm. and I'm like used to that flavor profile. There's something missing, and I can't figure it out from the JoJo. Even though the JoJo probably has, like, overall more flavor, in my opinion, I don't like it as much, which is weird. It's like the texture. I don't know. It's missing something. Milk. Mm -mm. I think it's the cream that, uh, not the, like, it's just, like, not as thick. It's left a really weird aftertaste in my mouth. Mm. Well, was that the potato chip? That's what I, I don't know. That's I don't know. Got got to cleanse the palate. You got yeah, that's the way to cleanse it. That's the way I should have yeah. done it. To dip yeah. it dip it in the milk is the true way to be doing this test. But mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go grab a glass of milk. Mm-hmm. Okay, no. I no. I'm going to say that no Trader Joe's uh, potato crisps are better, but Oreos, uh, in my opinion, are far better than the JoJo's. These JoJo's so, are Trader Joe's. I did the dunk test. I wouldn't go that far. It's gross. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. It literally... I don't even know what it tastes like. It's... It doesn't taste like what an Oreo tastes like when you dunk it in milk. Hmm. These will not be... Aaron, are you with me? JoJo's are better? Uh, yeah, I'm giving Trader Joe's two for two. Yeah. Trader Joe's two for two. Yeah. Interesting. Well, there you go. There's a review. I didn't know what to expect. Mm. I feel like I have way too many snacks now that I don't know what to do with, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not worried about that, man. I think you'll figure it out. I mean, I'm sure I will. I feel like I don't, I'm just not like, I don't know. I'm not a snack guy. If I want something, it's going to be like, it's going to be hearty. If I want a snack, I know, actually, I'm not going to say it because later we have a question that is pertaining to this. So before I lose my answer, I'm actually not going to say anything yet. Okay. I forgot. Okay. I know we wanted to, uh, well, too bad. <laughs> Figure it out. Um, I know I was interested. You had brought this up last week. There is a reason that the Porsche 911 is called the 911. And I don't yeah. know that. So in our segment of Did You Know, Alex, go ahead and give us the rundown. Why is a Porsche 911 called a 911? Did you know? So the Porsche <laughs> 911 is called... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we need some bumper music. 
Yeah, exactly. We definitely <laughs> need to figure out a second editor. Like, transition. Yep. We'll we add. A, do we have an editor? I don't know about that yet. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I'm calling out to the editor nope. of the future. Yeah. <laughs> And maybe it's like the collective editor that we all are currently. So anyway, uh, so the Porsche 911 is called the 911, uh, not originally or intentionally. Uh, the name was adapted to that uh, after some legal shenanigans, believe it or not. Now, so the original Porsche 911 was actually called the Porsche 901. Problem with that. Uh, they actually, yeah, the original prototype even says Porsche 901 on it still. Uh, but, but right before they brought it to market, after they had unveiled it, Saab uh, filed a legal dispute with them because Saab has a copyright and trademark over anything with that uh, ends. In, I think it's one ends in one one, right? It's with a zero in the middle. Three digits, oh, sorry, zero in the zero, middle. Backwards, sorry, yep. with a zero in the one in the, in the middle. So that's why they had to add the one to combat Sobs like nine oh. How do you even get that copyright? How is that even possible? No idea. But they still have it. Wow, that's crazy. Okay. Yeah. So that's what originally named the Porsche nine eleven. So if it wasn't for Saab filing a legal dispute, it would be called the Porsche nine oh one. Well, thank you, Saab, for giving us one of the best, most recognizable vehicle names on the planet. Yep, exactly. Very crazy. Did you know? So, thanks for the did you know, man. You're uh, two for two, crushing it. Thanks, man. I, try to come I still with want an stuff. electric Mini Cooper for anybody. Me too. The last week's episode. I looked at uh, him right away. Man. Yeah. Um, all right. I know we got uh, one more topic here, and then we'll uh, we'll get to our question of the day. Uh, we're gonna do a bit of a draft. We only have one <laughs> selection, uh, but just briefly wanted to chat about uh, current NFL situation. We've got uh, on the topic of Deshaun Watson. I know we all are kind of in the uh, in the know, in the loop now on what has occurred. For anybody who doesn't know, Deshaun Watson has been suspended through the NFL. Uh, currently has a standing six-game suspension uh, that went through a full court hearing legal situation. Uh, so six-game suspension heading to Deshaun Watson's way. However, he did just start in the Cleveland Browns preseason game yesterday and got heckled pretty hard. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, Sean Watson is currently being sued by 26, I'm going to say that again, 26 women for sexual assault allegations, which is a pretty major situation. And the one thing that I will give credit to the NFL commissioner for, for the first time in his life, in my personal opinion, he's actually cracking down on something that I would deem worthy of cracking down on. He does not think that that six game suspension is enough punishment for the things that this man has done. Hmm. So we don't have a final result of what that is going to be, but I have a feeling from surrounding beat reporters that Roger Goodell is going to suspend him for the remainder of the season indefinitely pending a further NFL investigation. But wanted to get your guys thoughts on kind of what that situation has become just in general how do we handle those types of situations and i mean what should we do why why are we even in here i think it's absurd that he's playing like mm -hmm. it should be so simple that he is uh, he should be kicked off the team at this point at 26 women, minimum like <laughs> Yeah, out, bare out minimum, the like <laughs> out of the league. Yeah, it, like, yeah, he should be out of the league at minimum. He should be in jail, uh, and that would be a lenient sentence. And Problem you know, like twenty six women is insane. 
he was in Texas, buddy. So you know how they uh, you and your buddies, like to, man. Like they yeah, gotta figure hey, it out. Hold on. Hey, hey, listen, you don't get to claim and then not claim. Okay. I live in Arizona, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Same I live shit, in Arizona. <laughs> so, uh, I will state, just to play devil's advocate, and I, I hate doing this, especially on this topic, but I'm going to mm-hmm. do it anyways. There are allegations currently, like, that it has gone through court proceedings. There has been nothing convicted yet. It's all allegations. How you get to 26 settled. allegations? 23? 23 yeah, so, have officially been settled, two of which were uh, sexual assault cases, and they were settled outside of court. So we don't know. I think the vast, just the number alone is really scary. But I will, again, to play devil's advocate, and I, I hate doing this because I'm on the complete other side of this, but as the Cleveland Browns organization, if you're going to have this top talent quarterback on your team, and you know that he might have a six-game suspension. Like, that is 100% in stone currently. Mm-hmm. But you're not <clears throat> sure of the rest of what might happen. Putting him on the field in front of national live television says, hey, tell us what the scenario is because we're going to put him on the field, so tell us now or forever hold your peace because we're going to air it and you guys are going to have to figure it out and deal with that PR. And he played... He went out on the field. I think he only played a total of five or six plays. But as the Cleveland Browns organization, they're just like, give us a decision. If you say you're going to do something, do it, and we will deal with the ramifications afterwards. But if all is going to be is a six-game suspension, he's going to go play preseason, and you guys are going to deal with the rest of whatever happens after that. Do I agree with it? No. Do I think it's smart to maybe like poke the bear a bit and get the dragon to say, okay, we're actually going to do this? A little bit. I think it's kind of smart, but at the same time, they, he probably shouldn't even be on the team from their from their PR perspective. They should have cut him. They should have uh, well, terminated his contract and job done. Like that to me, even the fact that you're being investigated with 23 claims, it was right. Like that, you just you need to drop it at that point. Like you can't as an organization. To me, that's not the Cleveland Browns saying like, "Hey, we're going to poke the bear and get the NFL to." hurry up their judgment to me that's the cleveland browns saying we know how much money he brings in and helps us with on the field and we are only going to do what we are legally required to do and we're going to sidestep the morality of the issue so as much as i hate to bring it in the business side of things does actually matter because the cleveland browns organization although he is a new player to their organization does cost them money $230 $230 million of his five-year contract is guaranteed. So if they were to just terminate the contract exit clause, and cut though. the play, there isn't. That's what agents are for. With no circumstance? <laughs> why, there's, there's no, like, like, he could murder people and they money. would still have to pay him $230 million? No, there are definitely exit clauses like that. Yeah, that has, yeah that's what that, I'm saying. I, not just okay. So ironically, that has happened in the NFL, unfortunately. Uh, yes, and we <laughs> actually have data to show what happens when something like that occurs. So yes, well, there are I mean that's what I'm exit saying. Exit clauses, yes. We should be at least approaching one of these fucking exit clauses here, right? Like, come on, there okay, has well, to be a so level of morality. So the situation that act, that really caused them some problems was we knew that this stuff happened. These settlements came out. The air was clear 
from his like legal perspective, they signed him as like, okay, he's clear, he's good to go. From the NFL's lens, no pending legal scenarios continuing forward. This is the uh, this is the justification, and I'm going to pull this directly from the website so you can see it. Um, that's it. It says conduct detrimental to the league. Yeah, I was going to say to me that's exit clause. Well, it all just boils down to money. So the the team's motivation is going to come to how can they stop the bleeding, and so putting them on the field and testing the waters is a way that they can determine. All right, how how bad is this? How bad will this be? Are we going to lose ticket sales? Are, like it has nothing to do with the morality. It has probably barely anything to do with like what do we do that's right, and it has everything to do with do we terminate a contract and pay that side of the penalty, or is there another way that hurts a little less? From the league perspective, I think it's the same motivation. It's money. It's like how do we, you know, with the way that the world has shifted perhaps towards more morality and towards a situation where we really, really care about this, I think probably the the commissioner's looking at this and saying we're going to lose advertisement if we let this guy on, go scot-free. Uh, we have to continue investigating, even though the NFL is not a legal body. They have to, like, show some solidarity so that they can maintain the ethics that they want to portray to keep making the bank plush. Like that's, that's just what's going on. Yep. And totally. I think it's the I, only I think like negative you... side of, of the NFL in my eyes is the fact that it's a business. It's less about people and it's more about making money, but like, it's just where we're at, you know, like it's a business, it's a corporation. They got to do what's right for them. But I do also agree. This guy should be in jail. I mean, it's a. It, it honestly is not that much different than uh, a situation that's going on with Warner Brothers right now. Um, I don't know if you guys know what's going on with the Flash movie. Maybe that's something we can talk about next week. No, yeah, I mean, I'd love yeah. to. If you want to give us they, a brief little elevator pitch on it. Basically, uh, the star of the movie, uh, the the Flash movie, Ezra. which is Ezra Miller, who's going to like this movie is going to kind of tie in all of these sort of like uh, tangential movie premises into one thing. Um, Ezra Miller is like going around assaulting people like crazy. And, uh, so Warner brothers recently acquired by discovery, uh, discovery has been canceling all these projects left and right, including fully completed films because then they can write off $90 million of loss completely. Cause it's all production cost loss instead of trying to put it out and then making a little bit of money and having less loss to write off. Anyways, they have yet to actually cancel the Flash movie, and they've let yet to actually say what their opinion is of this dude who's going around and uh, assaulting people. I don't think that's an allegation. I think that's been sticking. Uh, and then the allegations are grooming uh, teenagers. So, yeah. <laughs> Again, I, I feel like just... I remember hearing about something with Ezra Miller. Wasn't he in, like, Hawaii or something and got arrested? Yep. Yep, uh, and along those lines. and then he went to it's it basically it's like more of the Hawaii stories because that, that same thing that happened in Hawaii that happened again in Hawaii where he like assaulted somebody physically, and then uh, some time passed and then he is back in the news for this that and the other. Have they already filmed the whole the whole season? Y- yeah, the movie's done. Uh, I, mean, um, so, I mean, this isn't this isn't the TV show. That's Got Grant it. Gustin. Okay. Yeah, which. Phenomenal actor, yes. great singer. If you guys haven't watched it, yeah. so watching. again, I think this just comes down to money, right? Like business, it's all money. It's all Are money. Are you willing it's all to throw billions of dollars away 
to save PR. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of scenarios, I think people would say no, even though from a morality and ethics perspective, they know that they should say yes. But mm-hmm. I mean, the world is greedy and the world is run by money. And sometimes that is the executive decision, regardless of the circumstances. So that's a, that's a bummer to hear, though. Yeah, that's my first time hearing that. That's not fun. That's not mm-hmm. good either. <laughs> Definitely not. No. Um, That's why I'm following right. Marvel. There you go. <laughs> well, they pump out. I feel like they pump out like seven movies every like two months. It's so a great thing it. to be a fan of. <laughs> Truth. Um, all right. I wanted to close this out. As always, we uh, we just do one question at the end. And perfect day to do that since I feel like I just ate. I, I ate way too many snacks already. Um, but we're going to do a draft order. It'll go Alex, Aaron, Gibby. That's at least the order you guys are on my screen. Um, if somebody selects your option, you've got to choose something else. Uh, you only get one choice, and the question is going to be, you wake up in the middle of the night, you're starving, you're hungry, you need a snack, you only get one late night snack, what is that one option? What are you choosing? Hmm, for me, I'm going to say, uh, if I'm actually like hungry, hungry, it's going to be a quesadilla. <laughs> you cooking. All right. I'm, <laughs> that's microwave, 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 microwave. Come Wait, on. Nothing crazy. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, I don't think I've ever made a quesadilla in the microwave. Bruh, oh, it's really? the easiest thing in the world. Dude, it's amazing. You throw a tortilla on a plate, you throw some cheese on tortilla, another tortilla, throw I mean, it in for a minute and 40 seconds. Job done. I mean, fair. I feel like it's just as easy on the stove. You put, turn the burner on, throw the tortilla down, put some cheese on it, flip it over, and then in three minutes, you're done. It's faster. Fair. I've just never done it in the microwave. <laughs> uh, good to know. Apparently, I watched a video the other day that uh, you can cook an egg... In the microwave, you just mm-hmm. yeah, you just crack it, chuck it on a plate, put it in there with a cover on it, and for like a minute and fifteen seconds, cooked and then egg. it comes out this perfectly cooked egg. Huh? Yeah, Who knew? It's like poaching. <laughs> it's kind of like poaching an egg, really, because you're just you covering it with the steam and whatnot, you know. Yeah. But was that your know. snack? Is the poached egg the midnight poached egg? Not a egg? chance. <laughs> nope. <laughs> right, no way. Poached egg. <laughs> there is no way. I like eggs, but not enough to get up in the middle of the night and make one. <laughs> Uh, all right, Aaron, what you got for us? We got Alex uh, with the quesadilla. Uh, my my go-to snack requires uh, no preparation, only opening of a cardboard box, and it is <laughs> cold pepperoni pizza. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. That's a good one. Yep. That's all right. Um, just any specific type of pepperoni? Because I know, at least in like high school and college, best thing to do was pop open one of those little like french be- french bread slice pepperoni pizzas takes like 45 seconds to make in the microwave that was that was the go-to one I, i'm saying yes, i'm saying specifically leftovers like the Ooh. the like congealed or the cheese and the sauce yep. and the toppings have all now turned into one thing and the dough it's like a pizza gets... snack bar yes yes exactly that is that is the go-to if we're talking like frozen pizzas i mean i got my thoughts on those too but this is just the go-to snack is like the single slice pulled out of the box from, you know, <laughs> earlier in the evening, nosh it down. <laughs> All right. Maybe, it. maybe a squirt of sriracha. Choice. Maybe a squirt oh, of Oh, why do you have to ruin yeah. it? Squirt of sriracha. Set or, it off. Or the, I've, I've recently been doing a squirt of hot honey on my slices. Hot honey is delicious. With yeah. I've never it had is. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sriracha is the worst sauce that's ever happened. We'll t- we, maybe we could do a whole episode on what is the worst sauce because that is absolutely my answer. <laughs> wow, yeah, there are so many worse sauces. There is not. <laughs> yeah, there's there's not worse sauces. Sriracha is very high up on my list of things you should never put on food. But yeah, okay, 
Uh, Gibby, I'm going to be real mad if you take what I'm thinking right now, <laughs> which is totally fine. I kind of wish I was going ahead of you, but uh, what you got for us? What's your late late night snack? Now, now I've got to think for a minute because I want to take whatever you're thinking. You had like so what, what, five minutes to think about it. Well, I, dude, one. I already know what I was going to pick, but well, I want to figure well, out what you're going to pick. No, 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 no. You, you got to spit it out now. Hit us with Come it. Come on. Uh, mine, Bobo already knows this, does take prep work, a uh, fairly considerable amount of prep work. So if I'm getting up, I'm hungry. Um, I'm going to be making me some garlic butter noodles. <laughs> <laughs> What are you, seven, dude? Oh, they're <laughs> so good. Bro, bro, no, you don't understand what I do. You don't understand. It's Got not just your, it's not just melting butter on spaghetti noodles. I make a brown butter roasted garlic sauce and put that on noodles. All right, it's all right, an endeavor. Right, it's like right. a 30 to 45-minute right. process to make these bar- garlic butter noodles. Throw down. I'll make them for you someday. They're delicious. Yes, please. That sounds great. Okay. You gotta, They're all vegan. but you gotta wake him up at midnight and be like, "Yeah, hey, you hungry? Yeah. That's the move." Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come visit you in San Diego. I'm there you're talking about. Hey, <laughs> come you gotta, on down, you gotta baby. work tomorrow, right? You gotta work tomorrow, right? Yeah, cool. All right, I'll see you at 2 a.m. with some butter noodles. <laughs> Set your alarm for 45 minutes from now and wake up and come out and get some food. <laughs> I love it. It's perfect. Absolutely perfect. Bubba, what's yours? All right, man. I got the uh, – so all of your guys' stuff at least required a little bit of work. Mine is super simple. Again, I told you guys I wasn't going to get up and, like, make anything. It's classic. It's nothing nuts. I can literally just go right back in bed with a delicious bowl of Reese's That's... cereal, and it is going to be <laughs> amazing. Bro, gonna... if you say that word in front of my yeah. face like that one more time, I'm going to lose I'm my sorry, damn man. mind. I'm going to go pour a bowl Bro. of Reese's or Frosted Flakes. It's going in the There's bowl. one I'm E in between the S's, or bro. Or soy milk or almond milk on top of it. I'm getting back in bed, and I'm crushing a big bowl of cereal, and it's going to be delicious. Hold on. What are they called? Reese's. No. Yes. I cannot stand no. this, dude. It's, it's like my biggest pet peeve that Justin commits ever. It's Reese's Pieces. Reese's 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 with an S at the end. Reese's. It's not Reese's Pieces. It's Reese's Pieces. Sorry about it. It's Reese's. I don't know what to tell you, man. Reese's. Reese's. Just because you don't know. We need to change topics. This is going to get me too mad. (laughs) (laughs) Reese's Pieces. I just want to go on record saying I've heard it both ways, but the fact that Bobo thinks that it takes less effort to prepare a bowl of cereal than to take pizza out of a box does alarm me. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) You're grabbing like five things to make a bowl of cereal, at least four. This is fair. This is okay. Bowl, but, okay, but so spoon, here's the thing: milk, cereal. Yeah, but okay, okay. So what are you just leaving the cold pizza like on the stove overnight, and then you're gonna put it away no. in the morning? No, no. I am you in the took that pizza, you put it in some plastic bags, you no. tucked it away no. in the back corner. You're a lunatic. You're a lunatic. Let me let me take you step by step. Open the fridge door. Open a cardboard box. Remove slice. Open mouth. Well, some of us don't live in the ritzy area of Orlando and have. <coughs> I don't have a refrigerator where the whole pizza box doesn't take up everything else on my shelf. So, dude, for real, I've got to at least put mine in some small, plastic bags, or I need to upgrade my refrigerator. Problems. Apparently, yeah. Like small every good problems. Thing. Sorry yeah. about it, dude. Sorry like every it. good thing in life, you make it fit. Okay. 
That's right. That's <laughs> right. What a classic, classic quote by Alex to finish off the, the episode. <laughs> All right, guys. We uh, I appreciate you guys. I know we're uh, coming up on time here. So uh, a lot of really good topics. Would love to be back next week. Uh, I know Devin wasn't able to make it today, but it sounds like he should be good to go for next week. Aaron, first time on the episode. Thank you so much hey, for joining yeah, us. Welcome, sir. Hopefully we can uh, make you a recurring guest every week. Um, hey, uh, quick, quick, shameless plug. Um, once we go off air, I have a pyramid scheme to tell you guys about. <laughs> oh, yeah. <nice. laughs> cool. Yep. All right. Uh, yeah. I also I'm, have I'm... one final plug as well. This isn't for me. Uh, but just based off of some of the stuff that we were talking about, I did want to highlight that the United States does now have 988 available. It is the suicide and crisis lifeline. So if you're feeling like you got nobody to talk to and you can't you can't reach anybody, you need someone to talk to, please call 988. Um, we, we definitely want to keep shout. you around. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your Sundays. And uh, we will see you guys all next week. Gentlemen's Podcast. Yay. Have a great week, everybody. See you. Peace.